When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll never forget this, and I don't want to pick on a a guy I have great respect for. And I'm not really picking on him. I guess I'm giving him respect that I remember a stupid opinion that a guy had a long time ago, and it aged so badly. So Mark Malusis, if you have downloaded Rico Bronia, I bring this up out of respect for you. Because think about this. For me to remember an opinion you had on the radio that long ago and bring it up right now, means it resonated. It means you did your job, even if it was the stupidest thing I had ever heard. So I want to take you back to 2006. Again, Mets are having a great year. There's a young player on the Philadelphia Phillies, and his name is Chase Utley. At this point, Chase Utley is a, is a young player. He's 27 years old. He's coming off his first real full good season in the major leagues of 2005. So we don't really have an issue with Chase Utley other than division rival, He's blossoming into a really good player. Chase Utley that year actually put together an incredible hitting streak. He got to 35 games, okay? Chase Utley was coming to Shea Stadium. And Mark Malusis went on the radio and told us as Met fans that we should cheer for Chase Utley. We should root on the hit streak because it's history, because it's fun, because it's exciting. Why should we boo him? And I remember yelling at the radio saying, you know why we boo him, you son of a bitch? We boo him because he's not a Met. Now, I had no personal history at that point to Chase Utley. I just knew I wasn't going to cheer some guy because he had a hit streak going on. Like, what are we What are we talking about? Now, I don't know if uh, the great Mark Malusis remembers this opinion. He may not. But I think even he would admit it did not age well because we hate Chase Utley. And we all hate Chase Utley for a reason that I don't necessarily think is even the fairest reason to hate Chase Utley. So before we get into that, I'll explain why I hate Chase Utley. Because he was really freaking good. Because Chase Utley destroyed us. Because I could argue Chase Utley did more to back up Jimmy Rollins' words than Jimmy Rollins ever did. I hate Chase Utley because... In right field at City Field to this day, when someone hooks a ball into the right field corner, I call it the Utley corner. And I call it the Utley corner because he hit the ball there more than anyone who played on the Mets. Because he took advantage of our ballpark better than anyone who played on the Mets. Chase Utley in 2009 hit seven home runs against the Mets. And he did it in 17 games. And I swear to God, Half of them were in the Chase Utley corner in right field. I also hated Chase Utley because I wanted him. I wanted him on my team, that hard-nosed kind of guy, that tremendous player. And he had this cool, calm cockiness that I also couldn't stand. So I hated Chase Utley for the reason that we all hate great players. He stuck it up our ass over and over and over again. Now, there's another reason why Met fans hate Chase Utley, 
But I'm going to hand this one over to Pete because I don't have, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the same strong opinion that a lot of other Met fans have about this. So, Pete, go ahead. Why do you hate Chase Utley? So, be, be, besides the many reasons you listed, in 2015 when the Mets were making their amazing World Series run, when uh, they were playing the Dodgers and Chase Elliott was part of the Dodgers and still a douche, uh, he took out <laughs> our shortstop in Ruben Tejada and basically broke his leg, broke his ankle, right? It was an ankle or a leg, but in a dirty, dirty slide. He took out – now, listen, nowadays especially it's a dirty slide, but even back then it was over-the-top dirty. And you, I know, said it was, wasn't as dirty as we make it out to be, but in my opinion, I mean, you look at how far he went out of the way to, to take out Tejada. It was over-the-top, and what happened with that – now, eventually we won the series anyway, so did it make that much of a difference? No, not really, but we didn't have payback. And that's something that always bothers me is he did things hard, hard nose. That's great. But you took out a player. We need to have some sort of payback, and we couldn't even get that. Um. Okay, look. It, it was a very, very hard slide into second base. And I acknowledge that. And it was very unfortunate what ended up happening to him because, you know, it sucked. And it was also a big play in the game. I think people forget that. It was game two of that series. It actually led to the Dodgers tying the game, if I'm not mistaken, and then eventually taking the lead. We sort of forget that now because the Mets came back and they won game three, they won game five, they won the series. So we don't look at necessarily the play as something that turned the series the other way. Chase Utley played the game very, very hard. And I believe that if he played for us, we would have loved it. We would have said, ah, we love that hard-nosed nature of Chase Utley. I think it was a very borderline play. I'm just not using that as the number one reason I hate him because him playing the game hard, especially at the end of his career and trying to break up a double play, and yeah, maybe it went a little bit too far, to me is not a, it's not worth capital punishment. You know, I'd rather my guy in a playoff game trying to break up a doubleheader go a little bit too far than not try at all. And so I also saw Chase Utley do that his entire career, not necessarily be dirty, but take guys out at second base and play the game hard. And so I just don't use this and this moment as the thing I hate the most about him. The thing I hate the most about him is that he kicked our ass and like, that's it. And yeah, it's, Calm douchiness is also annoying, but this isn't it to me. And that doesn't mean everybody listening should agree. I mean, I get it. Hey, Chase Utley, you think he injured Ruben Tejada on purpose? That's totally fine. And I got no problem with the Mets trying to retaliate the next year. And to your point, much like when they tried to retaliate against Roger Clemens two years later, they failed in their retaliation. And that does suck. That that's annoying. That it's like you want to get retribution. I mean, if we won the World Series, that would have been retribution itself. So the fact that we didn't actually win and then whatever else happened, that sucks. But also the other thing too is you make it sound like, oh well, you know, it's a hard nosed play. He's been doing that his whole career. Yes, he has been doing it his whole career against the Mets. And my God, it's a, just another nail in the coffin. Like we hate this guy. If it was anybody else, if it was a young kid, if it was a a, a, a freaking uh, a, a Matt Holiday making the slide. I, I don't know. Just name anybody else that's like a someone that doesn't normally 
not saying that they don't play that way, but you just don't know to be like a dirty player. I bet we wouldn't have been so hard on that. But the fact it was Chase Utley and he had that history made it worse. I don't know if this rings a bell to a lot of people, but when the Mets played the Dodgers a few days later in game five of that series, we all remember, and obviously Jacob DeGrom giving up the two runs in the first inning and then somehow battling through it and giving them the six quality innings that he did. We remember the brilliant pitching performance of Jairus Familia getting a six-out save and the Mets winning that game. When Jairus Familia started the ninth inning, the leadoff hitter was a pinch hitter, Chase Utley. And this still scares me. There, there's moments that went well, but still scare me thinking about it all these years later. Chase Utley hit a ball to start the ninth inning in a three to two game that off the bat, I could have sworn was going into the seats for a game tying home run. And that would have been the ultimate FU to all of us that an aging Chase Utley in a series in which there's controversy circled around them, he comes up in the ninth inning and it's a game tying home run. And luckily, it did not go out. It died in right field. It was caught for the first out. Jairus would get the next two outs. We'd win the game. But when I think back to that game and all the stuff from game five, to me, pound for pound, one of the greatest Met games of all time. I'd argue that with anybody. Winner take all, pitching, the drama, everything that goes along with it. I thought Chase only had a game tie home run, I swear. I thought it was gone. But he's not the only one from that mid-2000s era you also have Jason Worth and Jason Worth was another guy who good player okay and then he goes on to plays for the Nationals and we hate him there too so Jason Worth kind of gave you the double deucer you know he's on the Philly team in 07 and remember 07 was his first year with Philadelphia and he came out of nowhere that year and he was really really productive then he has a great year in 08 a great year in 09 a really good year in 2010 then he bolts for Washington. So we ended up hating him for the Nationals, too, not just the Philadelphia Phillies. But Jason Worth, I think, being a guy who sort of came out of nowhere, grows the long hair and the beard. He looks just like Edge, the former WWE wrestler, and then proceeds to be really, really productive against us. Uh, in 2007, the year the Mets choked, he hit 370 against us. In 2008, the year in which we lost the tough pennant race to them. He had 310 against us. Like he had some really big hits, and I think it just adds to it that he's a guy that just sort of came out of nowhere and became one of the personalities on that really good Philly team. Well, and you, you mentioned this before, too. It's like the Mets had their moment in 2006. We brought in Beltran the year before him. We started bringing in some players. We made the trade for Delgado LaDuca, and they just – the Phillies just started to, like, homegrown guys that came out of nowhere into, like, how are they this good? And you're right. We did probably get jealous of some guys like the Chase Elliott's of the world. I don't know if I was as jealous of Worth, but I was definitely a little upset that we didn't have whole, like Carlos Delgado. We had him in a good prime for about like two years, right? Maybe, th maybe three. Right. Ryan Howard, we had to deal with basically his whole career. Chase Ryan Howard. Yeah. We had to deal with all these guys for their, their whole career. We had drips and drabs of Carlos Delgado of, Calls Beltran for three years. We just talked about that the other day. We had 10 years of hell with all these Phillies guys. Is it weird that as we go through some of these Phillies that we hated from the mid-2000s that I actually disliked Ryan Howard the least? And I, and I can't explain why. I mean, Ryan Howard had some monster seasons and hit 
plenty of home runs against the Mets, including game winning home runs. I, I don't know the reason for it. Maybe it's the personality. Maybe I, I never felt like Ryan Howard was any kind of douche while Shane Victorino, the flying Hawaiian was a pain in my ass. And we went through Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and Jason Worth and all these guys, even Charlie Manuel with his fake folksy accent. I know it's not really fake, but I always thought Charlie Manuel would play dumb sometimes. Like, oh, gee golly, uh, can you send up a pinch hitter in the NFL? I didn't know you could do that. Like, I just couldn't stand Charlie Manuel, Santa Claus, my ass. Ryan Howard, though, I don't know if you shared this with me. Like, I respected him, and, yeah, he killed us a few times. I never developed a hatred for him the way I did the rest of his Philadelphia Philly teammates. So it's weird about Howard. Um, and this is maybe the bad side of fantasy baseball. The year I, this is, I can't wait. He came up in 2006, 2007, whatever his first year was. They, they took a while to bring him up because the Phillies had acquired Jim Tomey a few years earlier. And so they really took their time in calling him up to where when Ryan Howard finally got to the major leagues in 2004, he wasn't even a full-time player. He became a full-time player in 05. He was 25 years old. He probably could have come up a few years earlier, but they had Jim Tomey on the roster. So I wasn't saying I was scouting these guys, but like I was doing really well in fantasy baseball, and a lot of it was because of a guy named Prince Fielder and a guy named Ryan Howard. So <laughs> I, and I was like, oh, yeah, I discovered Ryan Howard. He's amazing. So he was helping my team. So in that sense, it was like, oh, yeah, I don't mind this guy. He's really a good hitter. And the Phillies in 2005, 2006, they weren't there yet. The hatred started going the next couple of years, but again, you're right. He was quiet. He even when he ended his career, the way he like, I was happy to see Jimmy Rollins go. I was happy to see Chase Utley get the hell out of Philly. When Ryan Howard went down with that Achilles tear, like one of his last games of his career, I was like, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, like, he wasn't that dude that I could I could say that about a ton of other guys, but not Ryan Howard. Yeah, it's weird. Shane Victorino, I couldn't stand the flying Hawaiian. You know, they took such issue with the Mets showing celebrations. You know, Jose Reyes dancing. Yeah, Shane Victorino, no problem. We don't mind. Show your emotion. In terms of pitchers, I think the only guy that I ever really hated was Cole Hamels. And it's really all my fault. Like, I take the blame on this. Um, Cole Hamels came on our show after, I think it was 07. I think it was it after they was won the World fault. Series. It, I remember. Okay, I'll continue. I do remember this now that he came on with you guys. So we had him on. I think the only reason we had him on is because they were promoting their championship DVD. And I goaded him. Like, I'm a Met fan. So I said, Cole, the Mets are a bunch of choke artists. And he eventually agreed with me and said, yeah, they're a bunch of choke artists. And it, it became a very big story, which was kind of cool at that point. And I was early on doing the Middays with Joe. So it was cool that something we did became a story. But I always knew the truth, which was I put the words in his mouth. Like, I didn't say to Cole Hamels, what do you think of the Mets? And then he just called him choke artist. I was saying it as the passionate Mets fan that I am. Hey, we're a bunch of choke artists. And he just agreed with me. And he did repeat it, which was probably the problem. And that became kind of a big story going into the following season. And I sort of forgot that it was me and just started hating him. Like, I, I forgot that I goaded him and was like, yeah, go F yourself calling us choke artists. And it was my dad who reminded me and said, you know, Evan, you're, you're kind of 
put that in his mouth. I mean, he's mad at him now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, go after yourself, Hamels. So that was almost a self self-fulfilling prophecy or something like that. But yeah, I couldn't stand Cole Hamels. F him. Well, yeah, because he also beat the crap. I mean, you talk about numbers that were phenomenal against the Mets. I mean, he every time he faced us, it was just another. Like, I don't remember if him ever really getting blown out. Maybe there was one game, but he just destroyed the Mets every chance he could. And I know he wasn't a lifelong Philly. I know he spent most of his career here, um, but he was just a pain. And and it was I was not upset when he left. He was very good. I mean, I remember he was so clutch in 2000. Very good. You make it sound like he was not that he would beat the shit out of us. No, 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 no. I, I, listen, Cole Hamill's a hell of a pitcher. I mean, I'm, I'm giving him credit. What do you want me to do? I mean, I'm, I'm saying he was very, very good. He was very good. I, I guess if I'm ranking those Phillies, and those are the Phillies I hate. Like, you know, I even think about the Phillies of today. Bryce Harper, I hate, but I hate him mostly as a national. You know, I'm still, you know, he is becoming a Philly, no doubt, but the dislike for Bryce began before that. Uh, this current team, I guess Alec Bohm is probably the guy I can't stand the most because, <laughs> well, I feel like why out of what, Alec Bohm? Why? I'm gonna tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you the exact reason. And and by the way, you watch five years from now, you'll agree with me. Three years from now, when he's Manning third base for the next decade, you're gonna can't, you're gonna hate him too. First of all, he looks like Jason Worth. That's number one. So he reminds me of that piece of you know what. So that starts right there. Number two, when he had that horrible defensive game against the Mets uh, early in 2022, right? Earlier last year, this year, however you want to define it. And he was caught saying, I hate this place. And then he acknowledged it and he apologized. He started loving him and he started producing and he started making the plays at third base. And I don't know why that annoys me. It feels like the Mets started it. It feels like we brought him back into the good graces of the Philadelphia Philly fan. I acknowledge this is irrational. I'm just telling you that of all the Phillies right now, the guy I dislike the most is Alec Bohm. That's my guy. I, I'm Listen, Bryce Harper is going to agitate me no matter what, because even when he was a national, he agitated me. Uh, but if it's somebody else, it's going to be Castellanos. I just, because I think he, someone that I wanted on the Mets for a while. Schwarber then. Well, Schwarber, too. I didn't really want Schwarber as much as I wanted Castellanos. I know, I know you're more of a Schwarber guy. I'm more of a Castellanos guy. And I just see him starting to get back into rhythm. We saw that towards the end of the season. He's, he's gonna have a better season. And I feel like he's gonna be a thorn for the next couple of seasons against I, us. I think that what I'm about to say will eventually end real soon, but it is sort of remarkable that New York versus Philly in every sport has featured almost every combination of a playoff series. The Islanders and Flyers have played in the playoffs numerous times, including the Stanley Cup final back in 80. The Rangers and Flyers have played 11 times in the playoffs. The Devils and Flyers have played seven times. The Knicks and Sixers, it's been a while, but they've played in the playoffs. The Nets and Sixers, a couple of series that are important in history. Uh, 2019, and obviously they upset the Sixers when they were the defending champions. The Yankees played the Phillies in the World Series twice. The Giants and the Eagles, we all know. It's amazing that the Mets and the Phillies have never played. You know, especially since 95 with the advent of the wild card. It feels inevitable with the way the Phillies spend money, with the way the Mets spend money, with the format in baseball, that that day is coming. 
and it's coming real soon. And it should have been this year, right? You Mets win the division. It would have been Mets Phillies. It turned out not to happen. So I will make you this prediction, Pete. We're getting Mets Phillies. This Foo Philly edition of Rico Bronia may have to be rekindled in a few months because it's inevitable. Whether it's a wild card series or a divisional series or for the entire National League pennant, I can't predict that. But I stand here today before you making this proclamation. For the first time in their franchise's history, the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies will meet in the 2023 postseason. And we will be nervous and we will freak out. And you bet your ass, I will invade that stadium like DX on Monday Nitro back in 1998. You don't have to get that reference, Pete. 5% of the audience does. And they <laughs> smell what I'm cooking. So Foo Philly. Foo Philly today. Foo Philly tomorrow. Foo Philly Saturday night at the link. And for the 13 times that the Mets and Phillies play during the regular season, we'll do a Rico about why it's only 13 times. We're going to foo Philly all season long because the one bond we all have as New Yorkers is our dislike and our hatred for those south of us off of I-95. Good luck to the New York Giants on Saturday night. We'll have another Rico Bronia posted late Sunday night into Monday morning. And always check your downloads because we got new Ricos popping up like freaking pimples. Thanks for listening to Rico Bronia, the Foo Philly edition. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 